0: And welcome to the ADHD Friendly Podcast. I'm Patty Blinderman. I'm a professionally certified ADHD coach with over 10 years experience. And my passion is finding ADHD-friendly ways to bring more ease in my life. And I bring those resources, tools, and tips here and share them with you in ADHD-friendly ways. Today, I'm going to be do- sharing a celebration on getting something mailed, like a package that... Um, I'm going to tie to my ADHD-friendly tip today, and that's called Implementer Finisher Partners. So I'll talk more about that in just a minute. And then my topic for today, pocket charts. If you don't know what they are, I will introduce you to them. If you have seen them, most likely in a classroom, and wondering why I'm sharing that this in a podcast with a bunch of tools on how to use it to support ADHD, hang with me. I'm hoping that the ways I have used them to support me will resonate with you and maybe even spark some interest to explore and experiment using them in your life. And then as always, as we are wrapping up, I'll share what's coming up in the next episode of ADHD Friendly. All right, first, let's start off as we always do with a celebration. And I am celebrating that I got a package mailed to my son. I shared in previous episodes how mailing things is not it's just not my strength. I can put a stamp on it. I can get it mailed. If it requires a trip to the post office or to a shipping location, I'm just not going to do it. Um, but what happened was my son was here over Christmas and couldn't fit the things that, um, he was taking back with him in his suitcase. So he had to leave some things here and he was like, you know, just whenever he did it very actually ADHD friendly, he didn't put any pressure on us. He was like, you know, If you get around to mailing it, that would be great. No worries if you don't have time or, you know, you can't do it for a while. That was great. Pressure definitely does not work for me, especially around something that I struggle with, like shipping things. And then I forgot about it. And then a few weeks after Christmas, I walked into um, where he had been staying and they were all piled up on the bed. And I was like, oh, that's right. Those things had to go back to him. And I realized I had a box that came the previous day with something else in it that I could use that would probably fit them. And it did. And so what I did was I packaged it up and I taped it shut. I looked up his address and put the address on it and got it all ready to go. And that's about as far as I typically get. And as I've shared in the past, then I'll typically just have it sit on a counter or I may even get it into my car and it will sit in my car for months, but it won't actually go into a post office and get mailed. And that's where I'm going to tie this to my ADHD friendly tip for this episode. And that's something called implementer finisher partners. And this is from Dr. William Dotson and Dotson says that with ADHD brainwiring, we often are very creative and might be really good at implementing things or the easier thing that I use to remember this is starting things. We might be good starters, but not good finishers. So he says that it's really important to partner with a finisher if you're a starter, but not a finisher. So this is a quote from Dr. Dodson. He says, people with ADHD are often creative problem solvers. However, once a problem is solved, they no longer have interest in it. Often they have lots of great ideas and inventions that go nowhere. They need to partner with someone who likes to finish things. Now I'm distilling this down to a really you know simple thing. I'm not inventing anything new. I'm not creating a new process for something. I'm just struggling to finish what I started. So I started with the shipping of the package by boxing it up and getting it all ready to go. But getting it across the finish line in this example is my challenge. So I took it at its you know, the, the spirit of the intention behind this. And I looked for someone to depart partner with, to get it mailed. And that someone was my husband. My husband does not seem to mind going to the post office. He doesn't mind mailing things. It's a little mystical to me. Um, seems like magic that he can just, Oh yeah, sure. I'll go. I'll drop that off and I'll mail it. Well, he did. My son already received it on Friday last week. And it's just so amazing to have that done, but not expect myself to do The entire process from start to finish, I just started it and then asked for help around the finishing part. So that's my example here in my celebration of an implementer finisher example that worked. In business, this um, is often found. And the example I I like to highlight is from Apple um, computers where Steve Jobs partnered with Steve, Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs was really the creative visionary and really good about thinking about things, but not so good at implementing them and making them come into being. And that was really Wozniak's um, role, but that partnership would never have become Apple without both of them contributing. And so when you think about whether or not you would need any support around this, research does show, and I'm just gonna share a little stat here, that only 5% of visionaries, the implementers, possess both the skill sets of the implementer and the finisher. Only 5%. So 95% of us are, if you're a starter or an implementer, are not good at finishing. So I always, you know like to say lean into what you know about yourself and find ways to outsource or to partner with someone literally in this model, the implementer, finisher partner model is to partner with someone to finish the final pieces and just you know invite you to explore where might you use this in your life to make it a little bit easier last episode i shared how to plan in episode 67 an adhd friendly birthday party what i didn't share in that example was another example when i run my um my groups i share this often when i talk about the implementer finisher model what i realized i was going to start a business a birthday party planning business because i just loved it i loved planning all of the arrival activities and the themes around games and all of the the from the invitation to the thank you notes I just loved it it was really really sparkly and fun what I didn't really put a lot of um structure around understanding was that I didn't love running the parties I would do it and I would follow my structure and it would take a lot of energy for me to do it but I could do it but at the end of the 90 minutes I was Done, done. Like I was exhausted. And when I started planning this business, what I kept trying to figure out was how could I not be the one running it? <laughs> how could I just plant them? And I wouldn't even mind setting up and decorating and all of that, but I did not want to run the party and I didn't want to stay and clean up after the party. And this was again before I knew about ADHD and before I ever heard of this implementer finisher model. But once I learned and I heard Dotson speak about this, I was like, oh my gosh, that's me. I love visualizing and planning the parties. I did not want to finish them, meaning be the one running them. Or I'd run it once, but I didn't want to have to do it over and over again, for sure. So if you are an implementer or a starter, just notice where you might want to partner to have more things finished. So we don't have all of these unfinished things lingering around. Lean into starting, lean into outsourcing the finishing. All right on to today's main topic, pocket charts. If you don't know what these are, you may, if you think about if you have kids and you go into their classroom, more than likely you've seen this. Um, If you're young enough, you probably had them in class. Like they've just been around forever. So I'm a former teacher and I use these every day in my classroom. When I had my own kids, I really noticed I needed, again, this is before I understood Um, ADHD in the way I understand it now and I didn't know my kids had it when they were really little but I knew that they really struggled to keep up with their chores and I really struggled to help them keep up with their chores so I borrowed the pocket chart use to really put structure around their chores so I just want to share a couple of examples first so if you think about how teachers use them in the classroom I'm just going to hold up pictures again. I invite you to check out my YouTube channel if you're listening to this to see all the visual examples, ADHD-friendly podcast on YouTube. But I'm just holding up. They're often used for calendar time um, where you you can put the days of the month in there and somebody would come up and show what day it is today and what the weather is today and that kind of thing. And they could also be used for schedules and even like job charts to see whose job it was for the classroom um, to do different things students would be assigned to. They'd just be there for quick reference. At home, I use these, like I said, for kids. Chores was the first place I I put structure around these. And I really needed a way to help support them to see what they needed to do. And I'm just going to talk about that example and a few others as I go through these. Because I really do want you just to notice, again, if this is something that's sparkly to you, It's an external concrete visual tool. And remember, those are my big three. We wanna get it out of our head and into something we can see so we can manage it. And this is external, visual, and concrete. So here's just a blank pocket chart. These come, I bought mine on Amazon in a set of four, um, yellow, red, green, and blue in the set. And they have magnets at the top, which is how these guys are hanging up here on my magnetic whiteboard. But they also have grommets, so you can put little hooks and hang them if you want to hang them on a wall or even magnetic hooks on a whiteboard. Um, So set of four, and right now, I just checked before I recorded this, they're 24.99. When I checked, you know, prices change, but that's, you know, in the range. And then even on the back, it has a big pocket to keep additional cards and it has a little velcro pocket to keep others. So I just adore these. And I'm just going to share some examples of how I use them in my life. So the first one I'm going to show is of course related to chores. This one is a little um, countertop pocket chart. It folds up and can be displayed. It's double-sided, which is lovely. You have two kids. You could each put down even like your homework on each side so you can see it and move it from to do to done. And one side can be for each kiddo. I've even had um, partners use this. So when I, when I coach adults, whether they're parents or couples or partners to use, you know, one side. So each person can see what they're doing without having to remind the other person. You can put a card on that person's side and say, Hey, you know, if you get a chance, would you mind, you know, taking the trash out with you when you're headed out today? And it's just a visual prompt without having to, you know, kind of keep it in your working memory and hold on to it. What I like about the idea of to do and done is especially for kids, but I have to say even as an adult, I love the concreteness of this is to be able to take it from one side to the other so you can see your progress. I have some clients that like to turn it over and not see it anymore to kind of represent that it's done. And so for my example here with Feed the Dog, I just wanna highlight, this may have been a chore that I had for my kids, Feed the Dog. And what that meant to them, I realized was very different than what I meant. So I used to have like a picture of a vacuum, meaning to vacuum. They might plug the vacuum in, and run it around the room for 10 seconds and unplug it. And like, did you vacuum? Yeah, I vacuumed. And I would go look in the room and it was, maybe there was like a, a little swath that they vacuumed in the in the middle of the room, but they did not vacuum in the corners. They did not pick up clothes and vacuum, you know, everything. And so what I realized was I needed to be really clear. So in my feed the dog example, I have step-by-step instructions on the back. So if this was a card, they could pick it up and take it with them to remember what, what are the steps they need to do. But from when they were younger, and I just wanna kinda highlight this here, I'm gonna put them out here to show you. I had visual instructions so that if they couldn't read the cards yet, that wouldn't be an obstacle. So I had step one, fill the cup to the top with dog food. Step two, pour the dog food in the bowl. Step three, fill the water bowl with water. Step four, call the dog to eat. And that's it, the dog wasn't already there waiting. Um, but just, you know, again, if there, if there's more steps, I did this take out the trash because I realized my kids would take the trash out, but they wouldn't put a new bag in the can or they would take it outside into the large trash can, but they wouldn't close the lid. So maybe, you know, it's raining. It got filled up with water. And so I had each of those steps. I had a picture for it just to highlight as they were learning what the expectation was for the job that they were doing What does it look like to be done and how do you get there to make it easier for their brains to follow it and easier for them to succeed? Instead of me getting frustrated with what do you mean you're done? There's no bag in the trash can and you left the trash can lit outside open. Well, if I didn't specify that, it's like I'm expecting them to have just noticed what I did previously. Do I leave the trash can open? Do I not put a bag back in? That's not how ADHD brains often work. We're not noticing those visual cues. We have to literally make them concrete steps for them to be able to follow them. So a pocket chart is a wonderful way to do just that. All right, some other ways that I use pocket charts. I have used them to try to sparkleize my exercise routine. So I had down days of the week, and I would just you know put down what I did and how, how many minutes, so I could see it as a visual way to track it. That's one example. Another, and this is one of my favorite things, I don't know about you and um, your house, how things work. I am reluctant to share, but it's true. We have thrown away a lot of food in our house because we forget we have it. If I put fruit or veggies in a crisper drawer and I close it, it is totally out of sight, out of mind. Remember, I need things, ism, insight in mind, I-S-I-M. And so I used pocket charts to, I took pictures of different snacks and I printed them on my printer and I put the cards in a pocket chart like this and I hung it in the kitchen so that I could see what we had on hand and the kids could see what we had on hand. So instead of kind of defaulting to something that isn't as healthy or just being like, oh, I don't know what we have. Let me go buy something. I could literally remember what we have and have a better chance of eating it before it went bad. And then all I would do here is just like with the chores, I would just turn it around after, or take it out of the pocket and put it in the pocket in the back when it was all gone. This, I don't want to pretend that this was a perfect system and I was constantly on top of it, but I would renew it when I go when I go grocery shopping, so that you know whatever the snacks that I have on hand were accurate. So you know every week to ten days they would get updated, so that what was in there was fresh and more reliable. So again, just a way to help reduce the amount of waste in the food that I was throwing away when I was really trying to keep up with it a little bit more intentionally. All right, so now I'm gonna share a couple more examples here. What about before you leave? So I do this when I'm working with students a lot, but I have to say it's very handy for adults as well. So a lot of times you have a door, the door of the house has, um, it's even magnetized. You don't even have to do anything but stick this on the door because it's when the little guy has magnets in it. Um, but if not, you, again, you can use little 3M hooks to put it on there. So maybe a reminder before you leave, grab your keys, grab your phone, grab your lunch, turn off the lights or whatever the, the list would be for you. I have um, kind of things for students. Like before you leave, remember, grab your backpack, um, grab your keys, grab your charger, whatever it is, make it customized, but making it less likely that you're going to forget things. Pick up one of the cards that fell out. All right. And then I shared last time my example for when I do birthday parties, um, I have all of the different steps broken out into times. Well, maybe, you know, having it up so I can see it or so that the kids can see it. So they know what's coming up and how long we have for that activity. These are my little time circles that just show me how much time I have for each thing that really helps to keep me more concretely connected to my time and how much time I have or don't have. So again, just an example of maybe an agenda so that I'm remembering what we're doing. And that's fabulous also for like Christmas Eve traditions, or if you're having like a family reunion what are we going to do? Like, maybe there's a part where you're going to take pictures and you want to put the time specifically up there. Like someone says arriving at one 30 to take group pictures. Fabulous. Put it up there, um, and have it out so everybody can see. And then it's not everybody running around. Well, what time are we doing this? When's this going to happen? I don't know. Go ask. I don't know. I go ask. And that leads me to, this was also one of the first things I did with pocket charts for myself, not, you know, directed towards my kids more to support my own brain. I've shared in the past, I don't like to cook. Um, I'm, It's just not something that I feel like I do well. It takes effort. It takes a lot of planning. It's just not my thing. I like to bake, but one of the things my kids used to ask me when they were little, that was a real trigger for me that I now understand. It's because I didn't feel competent doing it. And I felt like as their mom, I should know the answer to what's for dinner. (laughs) And I often didn't, and I would spend a lot of my day each and every day thinking, I don't know, what do I want to make for dinner or what can I make for dinner? And I wasn't the kind of person that could look in the pantry and throw things together. Never understood how to do that. So it always just took an enormous amount of effort. So I found that if I decided on Sunday, what I was going to make throughout the week, and then I just put it up in my little pocket chart, I could say, go look at the chart. So this is just an example. Typically in my week, I didn't have a picture for this, but we usually have leftovers on Wednesdays. We do do pizza Fridays and Saturdays are always spend for yourself. And my daughter always called it because she misheard me when she was a little fun for yourself because they love picking what they were going to have for dinner. And I love that I didn't have to think about it. They were, do, they were on their own once they got old enough. So again, just a way to keep up with it. And what I love about the cards is if it doesn't work with your plan, you just don't feel up to making... The meal that you planned, move them around, right? It just, it's concrete, external, visible. It just lets you see what you planned and adjust on the fly as needed. All right. And one last example I want to share for how this can also support um, being able to get things done in the way that you would like to. And this is something I've come up with a number of my students. a lot of my clients who work with me will come and and really want to put some structure around their their night routine or their morning routine. And so this is a student example. you put it up your night routine. and I'm just going to highlight um, some of the steps that could be involved in a night routine. And if you're going through this, you just you have them up so you can see them and then maybe you turn them around as you do them so that you can see where you are in your process. So I have, Put your backpack by the door. Again, this is for a student. Brush your teeth, wash your face, set out your clothes for the next day, plug in your phone to charge. Put that down here so I can see it, and set the alarm clock. Now, if this is for an adult, you might have, you know, a couple of different things in here. Then you would have maybe it's putting your work bag by the door, or if you work from home, maybe it's you know charging your laptop, whatever it is. But again, as you go through your process, you can turn these over. I have. Clients that will have this hanging in their bathroom. And they just have their brush your teeth, wash your face, flush your teeth. You know, they just have their literal nighttime bathroom steps down so they remember what they're intending to do and then they'll track it so they can see how it went. So again, just a concrete external visible way to use pocket charts to support your routines, to support your awareness, to support um, in a concrete way, more of what you want and supporting your working memory not to have to hold as much inside and getting it out into a plan that you can follow so it's actionable. So that's it, pocket charts. So to recap, at the top of the episode today, I shared a celebration that I mailed a package to my son, but I didn't do the actual mailing at the post office. I used the implementer finisher partner model where I started it by packaging it up in a box and I taped the box shut and I labeled it and got it all ready to go. And then I gave it to my husband and asked him if he would partner with me and mail it. And he did, and my son has already received it. So that is a huge win. So I just invite you to explore if you are a starter, who could you partner with to get more things finished in your life? So it's not you expecting yourself to do it all. And then our episode topic for today was pocket charts, how they're ADHD-friendly, external, concrete, visual ways to support yourself to see what you're doing and manage them with more ease. In our next episode, I'm going to be talking about body doubling and ways to use it, again, to support yourself in your life. That's all for this episode of ADHD-friendly. Remember, as always, I invite you to take what resonates with you and leave the rest behind. So if I shared something that just doesn't, doesn't work for you, I totally give you full permission and encourage you to let it go and only take that, that which works. And if you like this, please subscribe and share it with others so that they'll have access to some of the resources and ideas to try in their lives as well. If you haven't started your personal owner's manual yet, I invite you to check out my website, ADHD friendly for lots of resources on how you can start one for yourself, or if you're a parent, how to start one for one of your kids so that one of your kiddos can benefit from starting a personal owner's manual as a child, which is really the best time to start one. Second best time right now. That's all for now. Tally ho.